So in the church, we've been going through the book of Romans, and we've gotten to Romans chapter 12. So if you've brought a Bible or if you reach for a Bible uh, in a chair in front of you or at the end of a row, uh, Romans chapter 12, and he starts, you know, Romans chapter 1 through 8, God has really made a point of, you know, the limits of the law to change a person and a person trying to do what they know they ought to do. And he's made such a clear case for the grace of God and how God does the work and what God is doing in, since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You could say that with a question mark. You could say since the foundation of the world when God knew it would lead to Calvary and Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection and all of the people following Jesus Christ's teachings since the grace of God, what he did in rising from the dead and being alive now, working out in our lives. And Paul makes that case clearly. We've looked at all of it. And now we're in chapter 12, and Paul says this just in that first line, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And then last week, we talked about these, these words in this, those three verses that we just read. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. We talked about being transformed by the renewal of your mind. And that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God. And so, I have a friend who coincidentally, last Sunday, preached in London... And we didn't know it. It, uh, Something uh, came across the Facebook feed. And he is quoting Romans chapter 12, 1, 2, and 3. And I said, you are kidding me. You preached down there. I preached up here. We know each other from Santa Monica, California, going through Navy SEAL training and, and doing all that hard, hard workout stuff. He's the healthier guy. I wasn't the guy. I was trying to keep up with that guy. But you preached down there and I preached up here. What are the chances? And we traded each other's sermons, you know? And I, and I listened to his sermon, and I, and I have insight that, I, that is now part of what we're talking about here. I, I've adjusted the, the preach that I anticipated preaching with additional insight. So we talked about presenting yourselves, ourselves, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable worship, right? How can I do that? How can I be holy? I mean, really. So I preached, the Bible says we need to do this, and I, and I gave you know, what I thought was a way to go about going there. And then we talked about renewal of our minds. We talked about being transformed, right? Put off, put to death, put away. Do you remember that from last week? The, the, just be transformed. There's a way that you are, it's not invited to this party. There's a way that you need to be in order to get in. That's what needs to grow in you. In the words of Jesus, go and sin no more. Do you remember that? Right? What changes us, though? 
Do you have that answer? Because I think there's a weakness in a preaching that flings a craven on you. Oh, I now crave to be this way. Oh, I've been told by the minister what I need to do. And so, but tell us how. Tell us how. And the scripture does. Discernment by testing. Do you remember that? Dokimazo, prove. Discernment by testing. How do I test and measure and discern the actual will of God? Because the scripture says, do it. How? When I meet trials of various kinds, how do I get it right? Is anybody plagued by the need to be a certain way that you're not? I imagine, and I don't have to try hard, it's everyone in the room. The minister faces it, you face it. So how does Paul do it? He wrote the Bible, right? How does God expect me to do it? I'm reading these words. I mean, Paul's a superhero. I know what he's like. Look what he went through. What about me? How are you doing it? Does the minister do it? How are you doing it? In an audience of some sort on a Sunday morning, quietly sitting there, looking forward, listening. Or are you befuddled about how that works? And I think anybody coming cold to the question, if someone said, how do you do it? And the microphone goes towards your mouth and you go, ah, I'm going to... But look at some of the key words in the scripture this morning about how this happens. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. That's how. God takes mercy. Pity on us? I don't know about pity. Mercy. Right? What you deserve, you're not going to get. And then look at verse 3. By the grace given to me, I say. Grace. What you don't deserve and haven't earned here. Mercy and grace. And then you look at the end of verse 3. According to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Mercy, grace, and faith. How easy is it to get lost in the doing and what I oughta and what I have to and what I should and what I know I better do and forget about the mercy and the grace of God and our faith that He's going to catch us as we fall into His arms. You can't take credit for falling into God's arms. You don't climb up the ladder, I'm climbing, Lord, I'm climbing, I'm climbing, and then I'm going to be so high that when I fall into your arms, it's going to be a good one. You're still just, you're still just waiting on God and depending upon Him for all of our doing. 